long ago in a galaxy far, far away, there exists a state of cosmic civil war. A brave alliance of underground freedom fighters has challenged the tyranny and oppression of the awesome Galactic Empire. This is their story. Lucasfilm presents Star Wars, the greatest space fantasy of all. The Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics, exploring Marvel's licensed sci-fi and fantasy during the Star Wars period. Episode 77, Star Wars, issue number 14, cover date August 1978, The Sound of Armageddon. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Comic Book Time Machine Presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'll be your host as we travel together back in time to 1978. The cover date of the comics we'll be looking at for this next round of Marvel's licensed sci-fi books is August of 1978, and the release date for these books, the the on-the-street date, if you would, is uh, January, February, March, April, May, May of 1978. And the books we'll be looking at, I've pulled out. We have Star Wars, number 14, John Carter, Warlord of Mars, number 15, Godzilla, number 13, Man from Atlantis, number 7. And let's see if there's any other surprises for this month. Because we also have the Human Fly, issue number 12. And then, I guess it's not really a surprise, but then when we talk about the uh, the related Marvel materials that I like to wrap up in a single episode called Ben's Bullpen Bulletin, uh, that will include Machine Man and Devil Dinosaur, issue number 5, from each of those. And... Actually, you know, I, I don't know much of what's going on this month as far as events within the books. But John Carter, Warlord of Mars, I remember the teaser from that one. I was excited about that, and I was teased by it. And Star Wars number 14 wraps up, I think this is the wrap-up, of a story arc with the you know Luke on the water planet. Uh, let's see. Man from Atlantis, issue number 7, is, I'm assuming... The final issue. It's not saying anything on the cover, but if I remember correctly, and I'm pretty sure I do remember correctly, this is the final issue of Man from Atlantis. And then Human Fly, I'm assuming, is going to continue being Human Fly. Can it get more absurd than the Wacky Races issue and the I'm going to choose to change my career and become a rock star while a man lies dying behind me? Can it reach those levels of absurdity? We will find out. I am going to guess probably not, but we will find out. In the meantime, I'll be curious to see if there's a single theme that that becomes a through line for each of these issues. Uh, Previously, I'd gone ahead and jumped in with both feet with a theme before I really read through all of the comics, but 
I think we'll wait until Ben's bullpen bulletin to see if there even is something that I can pull off. I got lucky last time because my topic was vague enough to really apply to almost anything. So in the meantime, I'm going to sit down, read through Star Wars number 14. I've got a mug of rock and rye, which is a Fago soda that uh, I don't know why, but I've started pouring myself a Fago <laughs> rock and rye uh, to celebrate finishing a project and a written project that is. And I just finished a, a comic script that was, was a large project, took a lot of research and so, yeah, I've got that by my side right now that I'll be sipping as I read. Uh, of course, as I read, uh, I'm not going to record myself reading. I'm just going to play a sounder and stop the recording, and that'll make it you know, easier on your end. You don't have to sit through listening to me slurp the rock and rye and read and, and react to issue number 14 of Star Wars, The Sound of Armageddon. So I'm going to play the sounder right now, and afterward, we'll see if the uh, the wrapping up, the finale of this Waterworld adventure will, will live up to the beginning. I once had a friend joke that Star Wars, the title, didn't make sense because there was only one war. And <laughs> my friend tends to latch onto some semantical things every once in a while but you know clearly there's there's at least more than there's at least two wars going on in in the star wars series you have the rebellion in the original trilogy and then you have the clone wars in the the prequel trilogy and then you know skirmishes in between and and this though issue number 14 star wars uh it's war it's war and, you know, it jumps right in where we left off with Chewbacca attacking uh, Luke Skywalker and really angry and upset and no one was there to calm him down that could normally calm him down. And it actually even starts out with, eh, there's an attempt at humor here by Archie Goodwin, who is the writer-editor. James Shooter was the consulting editor. Uh, Carmine Infantino and Terry Austin are the artists. Denise Wool is the letterer and Janice Cohen, the colorist. And it starts out with a, a joke. What do you call someone who fights an enraged Wookiee barehanded? Dead. Oh, that's an old cantina joke, they say. So they're captured, and Chewbacca is attacking Luke Skywalker. But outside, it is war. It is a war between the Dragon Lords and the people of the city ship. And there's some cool imagery going on here with these dragons, sea serpent, monster things, uh, fighting the, the, the sea skimmers of the pirates. And as they're fighting, I mean, there's just all sorts of, of cool stuff. Just it's dynamic. And, you know, people are getting thrown off the skimmers and, and they're trying to, you know, do, do battle. And, uh, Han Solo has, been uh, knocked into the water but he's also been captured by one of the dragon lords and so we're gonna find out what's going to happen with that but the pirates capture the millennium falcon and they, they they of course they the pirates that live on this water planet they have been making their way by causing spaceships to crash and then they're able to use the scrap metal to help build their armada build their sea skimmers and that and then they 
go down below into the water below and they've been getting plant life and building a giant pirate ship that's a city ship for them. Meanwhile, there's these dragons that live in the water and there's these little tiny lizards that are all over the place. Well, it turns out these little tiny lizards are actually uh, the baby version of these giant sea serpents. And the, the, the machine that the pirates use to cause starships to lose their, their tracking and crash, it actually enrages the, the sea serpents as well. And the, the scientists who have broken away from the pirates, they live underwater, and they then are able to control the sea serpents, but they're losing control because of this machine that the pirates are using. So anyway, that's the main conflict that's going on there. And of course, Luke Skywalker is caught in the middle there. He doesn't want to be in prison, but he also doesn't want to fight for the pirates. And when he finally does escape, there's this nice showdown. Luke, Princess Leia has been there too. She was on the Millennium Falcon. and uh, She kind of gets captured by the pirates, but she runs away and climbs up one of the what do they call the mast or whatever. And Luke Skywalker goes up there as well. And the mayor of the town is up there and he's, he's threatening princess Leia. And you get this nice heroic moment for Luke where he's able to swing across from one mast to the other, knock off the, the pirate mayor, And he drops into the water and rescues princess uh, Luke rescues princess Leia. And the, the battle is over and the war has been won and the city ship is safe once more, and they're going to be able to live in equilibrium with all the sea serpents and little tiny lizards, and and all is well. Well, all is well right now for that that particular grouping of people. All is not well for well Luke Skywalker and his his team of friends because there is still a pirate ship up above in the sky in space. That's right, uh, Crimson Jack, who he and his crew of pirates were able to steal a Star Destroyer, and they're using that as their space pirate ship, is waiting above for Han Solo to come back from the planet because, you know what? He tricked them. He tricked them, and they are not happy. They are not happy. And so that seems to be the promise that we have next issue is showdown. Uh, and so after they've won, it says Han Solo is staring at the sky deep in thought about a great battle cruiser, which still may be there and it's master Crimson Jack. So does this lift up to the storyline? Does this uh, provide a, an adequate climax for this water world epic? I'd say yes. I'd say there are there's still more answers that are given about the society that they live in. The action is maybe a little predictable and maybe a little cliche with Luke Skywalker swinging across from one one mast to the other, you know, pirate style, and also giving us a callback to when he did another swing across a chasm with Princess Leia. But that's okay. I mean, they've they've kind of earned this ending because they've given us. They've given me, I should say, an exciting run with the whole mystery of where did these people come from? Why do they have this society on a floating ship in the middle of a water planet? How did they get there? And and why can't they leave? And what does their society look like? I mean, we've, we've built up 
there's there's two sides, and one side is clearly the good side. It's the scientists who don't want to do evil things. The other side is clearly the bad side. It's the pirates who do want to do evil things, and our our heroes get caught in the in between them. But it's it's a lot of fun, and you have Chewie going on a rampage, and he's punching through like the wooden walls of the ship, which is pretty fun, and uh, you know. The rampage thing when he's attacking Luke, I wasn't really excited about that just because it just feels not cliche, but it just feels like something that doesn't necessarily fit uh, you know what we know about about Chewbacca. Chewbacca in the movies does not act like or move like or look like Chewbacca here. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, it's it's just a little bit different, and, and it's just a little bit... You know, we were talking on Welcome to Level 7 about characters from the S.H.I.E.L.D. comic book who look on model, but act off model. And that's kind of what we get with Chewbacca here. And, and that's just because they couldn't do the things with Chewbacca in the movies that they do with him here. And he is a beast in this comic book. He is a beast. So, it's... Overall, I like this ending. I, I enjoyed this comic, and it's it's not having me think real deep about you know philosophical ideas, other than you know we should do good things with our technology, <laughs> and and we should treat uh, living creatures well. You know, be fi- uh, be be kind to your fair feathered friends for a duck. Maybe somebody's mother. I mean, the, it might be Howard's mother. Who knows? Who knows? And the pirates are almost, but not quite, mustache-twirling evil. But they have reason behind what they do. Not reason to be evil, necessarily. But they have good enough reasoning for me to accept that bad people would act this way because they want to, they want to survive. So overall, uh, Star Wars issue number 14 feels like, you know, we're, we're having a war. It's on this water planet, which is fun because it brings us into a world that we haven't seen in Star Wars before this point. Now, we've seen it in the 30 years that have gone by, but we haven't seen it uh, in the one year that's gone by in, in comic book time. So... Overall, I, I give it a thumbs up and, you know, I, I kind of save my recommendations for, you know, I, I don't recommend single issues. I, I try and recommend, you know, story arcs. Well, we've had three story arcs now. There's the original movie. There's the Magnificent Seven stuff that Han Solo did. And now there's this Waterworld story arc. And I've enjoyed all three of them. They have tickled my fancy they have caused me to get excited and enjoy these Star Wars stories. And yeah, you know, Force Awakens got me excited about Star Wars again. But this was getting me excited before The Force Awakens. And this this old stuff, you know, I'm enjoying it more than the new Marvel stuff. Now, I did just record an episode of Gimme That Star Wars with Ryan Daly. And I'll play the promo for that after this episode is done. But, uh, you know, in, in in doing that, I read an issue of C-3PO. That was really, really good. It was C-3PO one-shot. Uh, I'm not going to give away too much here, but I am going to make sure I promote it here because I want people to 
you know, if you like my Star Wars coverage, then maybe you'll like listening to that. And you'll also get to hear another voice that's not mine. And it's probably a little more intelligent. So I, I definitely recommend going to that. But, you know, the Star Wars comics that Marvel is putting out now, they're good. That C-3PO one is really, really good. But this stuff is is what's getting me excited. It's this... It's it's just this fun space opera stuff. And it's not trying to um, reinvent the wheel because the, the wheel hasn't been invented yet. You know, this is before 30 years of Star Wars has, has happened. This is... You know, like I said, this is one year since the movie. And it's possible that they know what the sequel is going to look like. It's possible that by now they know what Empire Strikes Back is going to look like. I am pretty sure the comic writers do not know. Because I'm just not sure how the communication was working with that. But overall, great arc. So for the first 14 issues of Star Wars, I can say I would recommend all three of the story arcs. So I don't have much more to say about that other than I am going to play that promo. And, you know, the promos I play, they're they're not trades. I play promos for podcasts that I enjoy listening to. And Give Me That Star Wars is a podcast that I enjoy listening to. And I enjoyed being on as well. So uh, they do some fun stuff over there on the Fire and Water Podcast Network. So for the next segment, I'm going to go ahead and get it out of the way, and I'm going to pull out, let's see here, Human Fly issue number 12. And let's just get this over with, right? So until next time, thank you for listening. May the Force be with you, and Godspeed. Thanks for listening to the Comic Book Time Machine's Marvel's Cosmic Comics feed. You can find more discussion of many, many more comics like Superman and Spider-Man, What Ifs and Elseworlds, The Six Million Dollar Man and Batman, comics seven days old and seven decades old, on our main feed, which you can find on iTunes or at comicbooktimemachine.com. We'd also love it if you join us on Facebook at facebook.com or on Twitter, where we are at Comic Time. Next episode, Human Fly, issue number 12, Suicide Skydive. Welcome to... And I'm the Irredeemable Shag. Dude, what are you doing? What? Give me those Star Wars as my show.
Well, you're part of the Fire & Water Podcast Network, so it's really our show. But if you show up on the promo, people will think you're the co-host. I'm not? No, the show will have rotating guests. You just took that idea from my Justice League International podcast. You took that idea from my Secret Origins podcast. And you took that idea from Dead Both and Spies. That was my podcast. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I sang the theme song with you. So? So, technically, I appear on every episode. I'm part of the foundation of this new Star Wars show. That's... That's true. So, you want to take this from the top, or what? (sighs) I'm Ryan Daly. Join me and a galaxy of guest stars on Give Me Those... Including the irredeemable Shag, whose voice you will technically hear on every episode. On Give Me Those Star Wars... The official Star Wars show of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Available on iTunes and Stitcher and at fireandwaterpodcast.com.